Welcome everybody, you've been prayed for. I hope you guys are excited tuning in as we are here to be in the presence of the Lord. And uh, I tell you what, it's going to be a good time. And we got anybody got some amen section in here? I think you got more of them over here. I need to preach over here more. Any amens over here? There you go. Oh, and that's what I'm talking about. You know what? I tell you what, like I say all the time, everybody needs a cheerleader. Let's just, just jump in and do it today. So I, I just want to jump in and tell you, look, it's been an awesome week. Uh, the Lord has been pouring this message in me and through me, and I just want to just get it out to you. And I pray, Lord, that you hide me behind the cross, Lord, that you take this message and put your fingerprints on it, and you get the glory in Jesus' name. So as we jump in today... Maybe when you look at the, the title, you might say, what is he talking about? And that's exactly what I want you guys to take a look at and say, man, what about that fingerprints? And so as I went through the week, I started thinking about all the different things that we see. And so we had a lot of time to kind of look in the mirror this week. Anybody ever do a little looking in the mirror at their own life? Sometimes it's, it's, uh, sometimes it's a little scary, isn't it? Sometimes we've got to make course corrections. So if that's what's going on in your life today, feel free to know that God allows course corrections. Are you glad to hear that? I know I am. So I want to kind of give you a little backstory and stuff on here, but there's really going to be four things if you've got your sheets. The reason we put these sheets out, because God might show you something right here you can write down and put this in your Bible, you know, study it through the week. I want to encourage you to always be a student of the Word of God. Amen? Always take time. And I think we got the new daily breads in. You guys can grab them. I also want to say this. If you anything that we have here as a learning and teaching tool, grab it. Take it. We'll replenish it. We want to make sure that we're getting everything, every tool to build up the kingdom of God. Amen. So with that being said, I want to give you a little backstory, but I want to give you four of these things that we're talking about today. We're going to be talking about influence. All right. We're going to talk about choices, challenges, and impact. And so as we start un unpacking a few of these things here, uh, you know, fingerprints are left on everything we touch. Nowadays, even, I didn't even think about this till last night, the DNA. You know, but what fingerprints are we leaving on others and what fingerprints are they leaving on us? Now, y'all know what I mean. Sometimes you're around somebody negative. You can feel like that just being impressed upon you or are you bringing joy into the situation. Well, I hope that's the case. But through today's message, I think we're really going to evaluate some things a little bit different. So I want to kind of give you a little backstory. And what I hope to do today is really bring this thing in from three vantage points. We're going to talk about the biblical characters. We're going to talk about some folks that are living right now and then talk about how all this impacts our life. I think that's the key to sharing the Bible is that how does that relate to me today? What was going on then? What's happening? And so, so today I hope you just got your teachable spirit going on and Lord just guide me through this. So to give you a little background, I'm going to go ahead and read this here. Now how many people heard of Paul in the Bible? He wrote about almost all, God used him all, to write almost all of the New Testament. And uh, he didn't start out on God's team, did he? Isn't it good to know that God can still use us when we make mistakes? Can somebody say amen? Am I just preaching to me? <laughs> God will, will take you where you are, but he loves you too much to leave you there. And I hope we see that today. So I want to introduce a little bit of this, a backstory here. Now we're talking about two guys. We're really talking about Paul and Timothy. Now, Timothy was a, a young guy that Paul came across on his second uh, mission, mission trip, and he just really had a bond with him. Timothy's that young guy. You know, how many people know it's good to have a mentor? Are we mentoring people? We're going to talk about that today. But Paul took him under his wing, but he also came from some good stock. And what I mean by that, he had his grandmother and his mother speaking into his life 
the Word of God. Let me tell you, those foundations, grandma, granddads, aunts and uncles and neighbors and stuff, let me tell you, you have an opportunity to leave a spiritual fingerprint on those kids, on those, kids, on those children. So Paul is writing this letter. This is like his last letter that he's going to write. He knows that he's going to die. And, and let me do a little, a little background when I did some studying this week. When you were in a jail like where Paul is right here, there was some good news and some, some worse news. The good news was Paul was a Roman citizen, so they didn't immediately throw you to the lions. You know if that's the good news, nothing else is going to really gonna help, is it? But he was in this dungeon hole. It was a cistern that said they dig out like a big old, just like a sewage system, about 12 feet down. And this is where he pins this letter to, he calls him his son in the faith. You know, I've had the privilege, and, and sometimes it's very sad, but, but I, call it, I still call it a privilege to sit with people before they leave this earth. And let me tell you, I'm leaning in to what they're telling me, and I'm leaning in to what they're teaching me. The, the problem is sometimes, why do we wait till the last minute? I hope that through this time, we utilize each and every moment to spend time with those that God has placed in our life. So getting back here, he's in this dungeon. It's the last stop, man, before he's getting executed. And he, and he, and he wants to, to write to his dearly beloved son in the faith. And he's telling him this here. Let's look at this. He says, hold on to the pattern of sound teaching you have heard from me with the faith and love that are in Christ. Now, that's pretty huge. How many know y'all might say, come get me? Hey, look, dude, you need to change up because this is going to happen to you. I don't know why I'm talking to my hand. I should be doing this. Hey, look, dude. <laughs> He's writing that letter. Dude. They didn't have that then. I was just bringing up the real time. I didn't realize it until after. <laughs> I was going to turn it into one of these. But hey, dude, you know, think about that. He didn't say, you know what? I got it wrong. He didn't say, you know what? You know, save yourself. He says, hold on to the pattern of sound teaching. And I, I asked the Lord, Daily, Lord, help me to be a sound teacher of your word. Help me to be a student of your word so I can share the, 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 the just greatness and the magnitude of what you're, you're showing us through your word. And so here we go. How, how you know, when, when you're sitting with a dying man or a dying person, you kind of lean in to what their last words are. You know, you see a lot of folks that are supposed to be the who's who in the world, and they go, their last words was this and their last words were this but you know what i don't want to wait till i get the last breath i want y'all to hear what i'm saying now i love you jesus loves you jesus is the only way to heaven and you know what you can have that today so if you want to take anything what did buddy say he preached jesus amen that's what i want you to hear today you know and so as we go through this we start looking and look at the confidence that paul has in this he doesn't he doesn't look back over his life go man i sure blew it did we do that Man, I don't know if I'm ever, I just wasted this. He didn't do that. He lived his life and he lived out his death, so to speak, the same way he lived his life, full of confidence in Christ, full of confidence in Christ. I've sat with people that, that have gone home to be with the Lord, and it is amazing many times the peace that they have. It's amazing. And, and, and what they send, you know, send to us, the fingerprints that they put on us. You know, I probably don't have a sermon that I don't preach about my dad. But I, the last thing my dad told me, I said, Dad, you got to give me something to go on. He said, press on. Press on. Keep sticking to the stuff. And that was the West Virginia version of this right here. 
hold on to the pattern of sound teaching you have been, you've heard from me. Keep sticking to the stuff. And so as we go through here today, I want to take a look at these different things and how our lives, you're going to hear me say fingerprints so much, you guys are going to be reciting it tonight before you go to bed. But our lives leave fingerprints. What fingerprints are you leaving on the life that you come in contact with? Matter of fact, what fingerprints are being left on your life by what you're listening to, what you're studying, and those things. So with that being said, I I really want to kind of jump on into this thing. And I'm going to kind of hit this off with a little something that I thought was interesting this week. Uh, Kind of sad time, but it's a rejoicing time. So I'm going to go to that. How many people know who Billy Graham is? Okay. I found out this week some people don't know who he is. I thought that was interesting, but that's okay. There's a lot of people I don't know. Uh, But that's all right. But uh, I asked one guy uh, at work, I said, man, we were working. I said, uh, Billy Graham passed away. And he goes, does he play the clarinet? I go, I don't know, but that's not what I'm talking about. I talked to another guy, and I said, hey, man, help me out here. You know who Billy, Billy Graham is? And I'm not picking at him because, you know, just saying. But I was a little surprised. But there's an age difference in where you grow up and everything else. And he goes, he's a musician, isn't he? So evidently we'll have to Google Billy Graham and see if there's a musician. I said, that's not the guy I'm talking about. But I want to read a few things about Billy Graham. And I'm going to say this a couple of times. I'm not here to preach on Billy Graham. I'm here to preach on Jesus. But I'm going to tell you what. You can look through many people's life and see the fingerprints of Jesus on their life. So I, I want to give you a little background for, for those that you guys are familiar with Billy Graham. You can say amen along the way. And then also, for those that haven't heard uh, who this man was, he passed away on the 21st of this month. He was 99. Uh, he was known as American's Pastor. And I'm going to give you just a few things. Maybe you knew, maybe you didn't. He grew up on a dairy farm in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, how many know there's a lot of places this man went all over the world preaching Jesus? I bet you he thought, why me, Lord? If God could use him with his life sold out for the Lord, couldn't he use you? Now, not everybody's called to do this, but we're going to get to that. So from humble beginnings, God continued to work in this man's life. Millions of people come to know Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, now for whatever this word, the Gallup study or whatever the Gallup poll says, he is one of the 10 most admired men in the world more than 50 times. I'm going to tell you what. I don't even know if I could make dog catcher in Bacosan. 50 times, man. So, so, you know, you're thinking, wow, he's impacting some lives. He's leaving some fingerprints with this. Take a look at this. He has met with every U.S. president from Harry Truman all the way up to Obama. Praying for the country. Praying for our leaders. I thought that was pretty interesting. This is going back here. He's preached over to two, 215 million people in more than 185 countries. I didn't even know we had 185 countries. I'm just being honest with you, man. I get past Phoebus, I'm getting lost. Man. Look at this. Billy Graham, in 1934, he receives the word of the Lord, man. He calls on the name of Jesus, and God sets things in motion, man. He's ordained. He takes over a radio show uh, called Songs in the Night. He's, he's leading a youth challenge organization, different things like that, Youth for Christ. I love this. He's holding crusades and tents in downtown and Los Angeles, originally scheduled for three weeks, and they go on for seven weeks. See this stuff over here? You start out, and you say, hey, we got this plan. But God said, no, I got a bigger plan. 
And they didn't quench the spirit. They kept on letting God be God. And look how God's multiplying the kingdom. Amen? That's a, that's a lot of prayer time. I know every time I've studied anything about Billy Graham and different guys that have really had a major impact on lives in, in, in the uh, Christian arena, they pray a lot. How often do we pray? A couple more things here. He forms, as things get going on, he starts to form the Billy, uh, Billy Graham uh, Evangelistic Association, which many of us know that now as the BGEA. Uh, starts another hour of decision in this, is his radio program. I remember being at my, my, my aunt's house. Remember, y'all, I've talked about my aunt many times. She was the one that she could quilt, drink eggnog, and smoke a cigarette and have an ash that long and never drop it off. And got Billy Graham cranking in the background. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Woo. Love that woman, man. That's where I first heard about Billy Graham. See, it was so cool. I would go to my grandma's house, but if I went to my Aunt Margaret's house, we could hang out. You know, grandma, she'd be wanting to talk, man. But Aunt Margaret's like, yeah, whatever. Come on in, you know. But I remember very clear. I could tell you the room setting. She had like a beach house. She had this crazy-looking green that is probably illegal to put on your walls right now and bright red carpet. And she had rabbit ears on the TV, and Billy Graham was preaching. And she was watching, she was asking me questions. Even then, I was very young. And then that bird buster would start, she had, and she could, I don't know how she could do it, she could have that cigarette right here. She'd take a newspaper, hit the birdcage. Still got the thing going and throw two more stitches in the thing she's doing. And still watching Billy Graham, man. She was locked in. That lady was amazing, man. But what you saw is what you got with Aunt Margaret. Isn't it good that she knew that God loved her right where she was? And she was introducing, she was putting fingerprints on my life, setting the course, whether I knew it or not then. She was investing in my life with the Word of God. Now, she wasn't so much preaching it as she was pointing to somebody that was preaching it. And the one that is always preaching it should be pointing to Jesus. Amen? I want you to hear that. So let's come on down here a little bit more. And, and, and again, I'm not trying to elevate him more than anything else. This is about Jesus, but this is, I want you to see from humble beginnings, if God used that man, how, how could he use you? He could do anything in your life and through your life if we just listen and, and, and just be obedient to that. He goes and does some more uh, crusades. Suppose the last 12 weeks ends up lasting like 16 weeks. That's amazing. I say this all the time. You know, you look at these places and all this stuff. Can you imagine? I know you guys get tired of me saying that. But look, we got a good crowd in here today. I'm sure we got people watching here too. Can you imagine? It's like, man, church starts at 10. We better get there at 8. Wouldn't that be cool? I mean, parking cars and everything else. And everybody's in here. We, we got to start preaching out in the street and everything else. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be some revival? How many people believe we need revival in our country? Amen. How many people, we, we need revival in our churches. We need revival in our hearts. And guess what? I'm going to tell you starting with me. It starts in our heart, man. We can't say, well, they ought to go ahead and do that. And he's going to say, Lord, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to live my life? How do you want me to leave fingerprints for you that will last a lifetime and impact eternity? He goes on. He, 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 you know, and I talked about mentoring. Later on, as he gets a little bit older in 2000, he turns the ministry over to his son, Franklin Graham. And God is still using him in a mighty way. And he goes on, and, and, and he did his last crusade in 2005. Now, the guy just passed away this week. He's 99. 2005, I didn't do the mouth, but, but he's, he's been around. 
He's got some frequent flyer miles on him, and he's still preaching Jesus. I saw an interview last night. I was watching a lot of different things, and, and, and he was up in the eight. I think he was 70-something, and Larry King, well, Billy, you think you'll ever retire? He said, I've never seen nobody retire in the Bible. I said, I like that answer. He said, now I might step down from the day-to-day things in the organization. He said, but as long as I'm living, I'm preaching Jesus. Whoa! That's a good fingerprint to leave. I like that. I like that. I'm going to run with that. I'm going to keep on going. As long as the Lord will use me. Lord, please, keep me around. Use me as long as I, I can even breathe, you know? But we look at those things, and I want you to see that he was surely used to influence others to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? How's your life being used? I'm going to keep after that, after asking that. And you know, like I said, I'm not here to preach on Billy Graham. I'm here to preach on Jesus. But I'll tell you what, God used that man in a mighty way to influence a lot, a lot of lives for the kingdom of God. And you know what, we might not be called to preach to the masses like Billy Graham. We might not uh, serve in the mission field like Mother Teresa, but I want you to hear this. Regardless of what God's put in you, your circle of impact, your influence is just as important. I wonder if Aunt Margaret's looking over and saying, that's my boy. <laughs> Probably not, but she might be looking over the side. You know, I don't know. But I'm thankful for those people that God has put in my life to encourage me along the way. And not only that, let me just throw this out. This is turning in my spirit. And those that were sent to correct me along the way. Ooh. Maybe speaking in life, say, hey, man, uh, that is not the best way for you to go. That is not the best thing for you to do. Not beat you down. State the case, love you where you are, and realize that we have a God that gives seconds, third, fourth, fifth chances. And I hope you hear that today, because I never get up here telling you, Buddy Chapman's got it all together. I get up here saying, I'm going to tell you what, I know Jesus, and I need Jesus just like anybody else. You want to pray for somebody, you can pray for me. But I'm going to tell you one thing, I'm going to do my very best, and sometimes I blow it. How about you guys? But I'm going to get back on track and ask, Lord, forgive me and help me to walk it out today. Lord, inspire me, equip me to do your work and your will today. Amen? That's what I hope we hear today. Look, let me just say this, man. I ain't even in the notes. I don't know what your deal is. I don't know what you come in here carrying today. But you can leave it at the cross. You don't have to drag it back out. You might have some brokenness in your life. How many people realize that they have sin in their life? Could you raise your hand, please? And I'll go ahead and put my foot up and everything else. How many people know that there is a remedy for that? Can you tell me his name? Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Man, y'all preaching better than me. Come on. I love it. We'll leave some fingerprints today. So I want you to see where we're going with this. So we looked at this. We looked at it from the biblical standpoint and talking about Paul and, and Timothy. And I want you to see how God used a man in our time frame, but how's he going to use you? Let's keep on rolling. Everybody doing good? It's a two-way street. I, I wrote this down in my notes. I said, check this out. We are influenced by our surroundings as well as what we feed on. But you know what? And that flows from us, out of us, around us. It's a two-way street. So I want you to know today that you know what? You have a choice of what you're preaching, speaking, living, but also Watch the crowd that you're with. Amen? So, we're going to talk about influence. Anybody get influenced by people? We all do. We all do. I mean, you think about it. You see how we walk. We, we, I mean, how we wear our clothes and different things and stuff like that. How we continue to wear a mullet from the 70s, even in 2018. You know the deal. That's right. But look at this. I got a question for you. 
Who or what are you following? Let's make it personal. Who or what are you following? Where do you spend your time? Is it reading God's word? Is it filling your mind with the flavor of the day we find in the news? The news is, is, is something else, isn't it? it? It's just something else. The media has become the source of direction for so many people versus the Bible. Amen? And I'm going to tell you a little something about my job. One of the things we do every morning, we start at 6.30. At 7.15, we have an all-hands meeting. Everybody there, we are there at 7.15. That is a strict thing every day because we want everybody on the same sheet. How important is that? It's good to be on the same sheet. We got so much stuff going on. We got stuff that burns and blows up and everything. We got to be on the same sheet. And we sit there in that meeting and we talk about what do you got? What do your crew got? What do you got? And we're writing notes down and everything else. Now, I'm going to tell you a little blessing here. How many people met my, my, my boss, Vic, that was here? He came and spoke one time. He's from Kenya. Very gentle guy. Loves the Lord. And God uses him in a mighty way. He leaves some mighty fingerprints in the workplace for the Lord. At the close of every meeting we have at 715, when we close that out, Vic gives a safety briefing. Sometimes it's, you know, tie your shoes. Sometimes it's make sure your extension cords are all right. But Friday, it blew me away. He says, I had something, but I'm going to share a little something different. He says, how many people feel kind of stressed at times? And I said, yeah, man. We've, we've got a big schedule at work. How about you guys? We've got deadlines. We got, there's money coming. We've got, this has got to work, man. This has got to happen. These things are coming on. You know, we said, well, we're not going to be schedule-driven. Well, let me tell you, the schedule is part of your job, and you better be driving it home at the right time to make it happen. They don't pay you. Just sit there and look pretty, right? So that's with anything. But so he turns around, and he said this. He said, I don't know what all y'all's background is. He said, but I got a book. I was like, okay. And he said, I have a book that I read daily. It's called the Bible. And in that book, there's a man named Jesus. And he tells us and he shows us the life we can have in him. And that we can rest in him. And that we can draw strength from him and have peace in him. I encourage you to read the book. Dismissed. We're usually going, ha, 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 okay, we got to do this, we're going to do this. Everybody just went, wow. He didn't beat anybody up with the book. He says, I got a book that I read daily. And in that book, there's a man named Jesus. And he'll teach you about peace. He'll teach you about healing. He'll, he'll, he'll show you how to leave it all behind. It didn't take him one minute to share that. It changed, it impacted the whole day. Now, don't think he's the only one preaching Jesus because I'll be praying for people on the job and everything else and all that. But that day, they didn't even see it coming. I didn't even see it coming. But the Lord nudged him. He had, I saw what he had. He had some other stuff that he was going to talk about, pass that little hand out. But he stopped and leaned into the voice of the Lord because he's influenced by the Spirit of God. Are you influenced by the Spirit of God? Lord, help us to have great boldness to stand up and, and share those things. So let's move on here. How does the Word of God influence your actions? You know, I want you to think about it. Is it the final authority? Is it, is it just a guideline in your life or what? Or, or, or do we pick and choose? See, a lot of times what we like to do, we like to cling to the promises only to turn away from the precepts and influences and, and, and the obedience part. 
You know, we like to shape uh, a self-absorbed life. I don't feel like it. I don't want to. That must be for them. That's surely not for me. Let me tell you, the Word of God is so good, it's so powerful, it's so strong, and so perfect. It's for everybody, amen? Everybody can glean from the Word of God. Everybody should be feeding on the Word of God. So look at this. I want to ask you something. Here you go. Is your life contagious? And if so, is it contagious in a good way or a bad way? Because you're going to leave some fingerprints one way or the other. Now, y'all don't have to raise your hand or anything else. But I bet you, when I ask you this question, there will be at least one person that comes to mind. Oh, such and such is coming over tonight. Ooh. You know what I mean? Oh, we're going to go and meet such and such. Hmm. What time? You know what? I am so busy. Right? Because I'll tell the truth, right? There's, you can think of that one person. What happens when they ask somebody else, are you that person? Uh-oh, watch your toes now, Pastor Buddy. You talking to me? Surely everyone would just love to be with me, right? I, I found out as time goes by, I'm not always Mr. Wonderful. I know y'all are shocked. I'll pray for you, right? Yeah. And everybody's going here. He just found that out. <laughs> you know, we got to look in the mirror, man. We got to look in the mirror. But I want to live a life that is contagious for Christ. Not putting anybody in the Holy Ghost headlock. Not beating them down in their sin. I was talking to my friends this morning. I said, I don't know about you, but I, I had the sin part down. I knew I was a sinner. How about you? I know I still missed the mark. I wanted to feed on the word of God about the grace part. And the love part. Now, don't forget, there's holiness in there, too. I'm not going to give you, like, one lopsided gospel. It's the whole deal. But I want you to see that what you take in is what influences you. That's what puts the, the fingerprints on your life. Can you think back over time that people have, that have really made an impact on your life? Maybe it was a sermon. Maybe it was a song. Maybe it was a school teacher. Maybe it was somebody that said, hey, look, you got to stop that. Maybe it was somebody on your football team. Maybe it was somebody in your ballerina class. I don't know. Maybe it was something your child said. And you go, wow, am I portraying that? That's not what I want to do. Or maybe it was somebody next door just waiting for you to ask them to come to church. Just waiting for them to say, man, I'd love to go to dinner with you. Hey, let me tell you. Please be aware of the opportunities that God places beside you, around you, and in you, and all the time. Who is it that God turns around and, 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 and mentors through you and to you? I, was, I listen to a lot of preaching, man. That's the way I try to keep charged up. Y'all ever heard of, of Charles Stanley? How about his son, Andy Stanley? And he talked about a guy that was his professor in college. And the guy, you know, he said, when you guys get your own church, I will never ask you the size of your church. He said, I will ask you where your men are. I said, what do you mean? Who are you mentoring to come along after you? I mean, that hit me hard. That hit me hard. Whose life am I speaking into? Whose life are you speaking into? Now, I don't know how long I'm going to be here, but I, I would really hope to keep the promises and fall over because it's not no one-man show. It's God bringing people together 
So I'm going to tell you that. And I know you all know that I am really quick to be able to say, it ain't about buddy. But I'm going to tell you what. We need to be building, building, and building for tomorrow. And I thought, wow. I don't have time. I don't want to, I don't, you know, the, the young guys are probably saying, I don't want to deal with the older guy. How about the ladies? You know? The Bible talks about that. Or some of the more, watch how cool, how cool I'm on this. How about the mature ladies sharing some stuff with the younger ladies? See how smooth that over? Praying for wisdom, right? Glory's like, you good thing you got that right. <laughs> that's right, that's right. But, you know, think about who who are we mentoring? Who are we influencing? How is your life contagious? I hope that we find people and God brings people. Matter of fact, God might be bringing people next to you all the time and you just go, eh, it's a distraction. We talked about this last week. I didn't, I didn't set this up, but God is building momentum on each of these messages we preach for like the last three weeks. It's amazing. So think about that. Is your life contagious? And it's going to be contagious one way or the other. You're going to be either negative Ned, negative Nancy, or, or positive Pete. I don't know. But you know what? In that, Lord help us to mentor others, but be moldable. Now, I'll be honest with you. I, I try to speak into some lives here and there. Poor Michael, he gets it all the time. I send him stuff all the time through the week. Hey, brother, I'm just thinking about you. Hey, brother, what's going on? Hey, hey, hey. You didn't realize I was reaching out to you, didn't you? Because I see something in him. I see something in a lot of folks. I didn't even know I was going to go here. I know Michael, when he was a little boy, I used to teach Michael guitar. He probably would have been good if he got a decent teacher. I'm sorry, brother, but I did what I could. What do we do every time before we started playing guitar? Every time before we played the first note when you came over, we prayed all the time. I told him, I said, this is going to be an extension of our ministry. Michael went off to college, did his thing. I get a few phone calls, ups, downs, in between, everything else. Always a good boy. Then the Lord really blessed them with Christy. Amen. So it's like a, a double bonus, man. And then they move back to town. Wow. And they're involved in stuff. Great parents. Love the Lord. But they don't just ride on that. They get involved. I didn't ask y'all. It's all right to go ahead and do this. It's going to be good. <laughs> well, we were doing some of the baptisms. And uh, sometimes we'll use the pool and different things. And Miss George said, I want to be baptized. I said, that's great. We're going to set it up. We're going to go to my house, and I have an above-ground pool. And Michael and Chrissy at the end of the service said, uh, hey, buddy. He said, we got, we got an in-ground pool. We do not want Miss Georgia crawling up that ladder <laughs> at your house. They've seen my house like that. He said, please, use our place. And we've been using it ever since. Okay, now that might not sound like a, a, a big deal, but you know what? They saw a need and they stepped up to it. They were influenced by a need. Amen? Their life is being, being I want to say so much more than contagious, impactful. How is your life being impactful? But look at this. Let's go back to our, our scripture. 2 Timothy 1.13. Hold on to the pattern of sound teaching. They've been brought up with sound teaching. Some folks say, well, I didn't grow up in, in the church. Guess what? You're looking at one that didn't either. It was never too late. I told you many times, once when I was five, once when I was 30, rock and roll in between, man. And, and you know, and that's okay. 
Because with, with that, I see just how much grace God's got. And a pretty good sense of humor, too. Amen? <laughs> I'm telling you. It's like, come on, man. I would not pick me. I wouldn't pick me. But God chose every one of us because you're worth it. And I want you to see your value today. Even if you don't feel very valuable today, if you don't feel very good today, if you feel like you're just poured out, used up, bent, broke, beaten, all those things. Man, today is a day of restoration. I pray that this message influences you in the Word of God. That you see today that, you know what? It's never too late. God always is willing to invest in you. Now, I'm going to tell you what. It, I, I don't want to go too far to the side on this, but I want to give you some practical application. I talked about meeting with people and, and different things like that. I spend a lot of time with people. How about you? And I'll and I tell you why. I love people. And I believe God calls us to talk to different people. You know what? I, I, I like being mentored by people. And this is what I want you to see today. You know what? I, I'll just talk about this. I meet, y'all know I, I love to eat out. How many people know I love to eat out? Love to eat out. Because I meet a lot of people. Every so often I meet with Mr. Riggins, older gentleman, y'all know him? He speaks into my life. Right? Grandmama thinks I just like taking her to go to eat at Mission Barbecue because she smells good, but I listen to what she says. That's my eat out buddy too, Grandmama. She pours into my life. Over and over and over. I spend some time. I like talking to Nicholas. See what's going on. When I got my other truck, we had to pull the trailer. I've shared this, but this, to me, this is, so, this is so cool. Nicholas knows about cars and this and that. And he has a heart bigger than this room. And so he said, Mr. Bud, let's go take your car. We'll go get some gas and everything else. So we go to get some gas. And he's looking at the back of my trailer. And, and I said, man, Nick, I said, this truck is not as tall as my other truck. I keep dragging the trailer when I come out of the driveway. He said, well, we can fix that. He said, just take that two-inch ball on there, flip it over, and then you'll have two inches higher. And that'll equal what your tires were on the other one because you know those were 17 and these are 15. He knows all that. And I go, Okay. When you walk by my truck, you're going to see it flipped around. I've been doing that for the last year. That's him. He, I mean, he's, he's, I'm getting gas, and he's jumping on the bumper, doing this. Yeah, he's just doing this. You know what? You need to put dual exhaust on this and everything. He's just talking. We're just having fun. And next thing you know, he goes, well, you can fix that if you just do that. See, never think that you can't learn from somebody. I thought that was so cool. I was like, man, I wish I'd have thought of that. But It works. Give credit where credit's due. Man, all those different things. Spending time. Hey, you know what? Talk to doctors. Talk to lawyers. Talk to soccer players. Talk to anybody. Talk to people that got business. Talk to people that lost businesses. Talk to people that, that, that's been married for a long time. Talk to people that are going through a rough time. But always temper it with the word of God. Always be ready to give a reason in season out why you believe what you believe. Well, why do you believe that? I talk to people that are Muslims, people that are Mormons, everything. I, you know what? I don't go out there and say, well, I'm going to tell you what. I wish they would. I'd hit them with this scripture, and I'd do this, and I'd come off there with the Holy Ghost. Woo! I'm just like, I just, I love on them. You know? Why do you believe what you believe? And they tell me. And I say, can I tell you why I believe what I believe? And what happens is we have an exchange and we have communication. And it gives us both something to think about. But let me tell you this. God's word is right on time all the time. So let me ask you this. 
How many people are you going to be influenced by this week, and how many people are you going to try to influence this week with the Word of God? Be yourself and let the Word that's in you pour out in those situations. Amen? Let's keep on rolling. All right, but you know what? Here we go. I'm going to pick up some speed. We got choices, don't we? Everybody's got choices. We all have choices to make. God gives us free will. You know, there's good choices require wisdom, good counsel. We need to spend time with the Lord. But look at us here. One of the most powerful things that we possess are choices. You ever think about that? You got a choice, man. You got a choice. You can say yes to this or no to this. You can say, yes, I'm coming to church. No, I'm not coming to church. Yes, I'm going to open my Bible. Or no, I'm going to keep it closed. That's the amazing thing. I heard a guy preaching last night. It's probably an old thing, but I never heard it before. He says, over the years that he's been preaching, what he has found is this. A dusty Bible will promote a dirty life. I said, come on, boy. That's a good word. Isn't that something? It was just amazing. And I'm listening. I listen to the old preachers. I listen to the new preachers. I, I'm praying. I'm, I'm listening to all these things. I'm reading the Word. I'm going. I got study Bibles, all these things. I'm just saying, buddy, because that's what I do. It's not about buddy. But what do you do? How do you do that? Maybe there's some other ways that I'm missing. We offer Tuesday night Bible study. Hey, I've offered this a long time, about as long as I can remember preaching. I always say it the first of the year. Hey, look, if you want to grow deeper in your relationship with the Lord and you want to get together and get a plan together, let me know. But first, take advantage of what's here, okay? And we try to make a lot of things available. But we have a choice. How are we going to respond to that? You know what? You can't choose your parents, your birthplace, your skin color, your gender, any of those things. But there's so much you can choose, amen? So here you go. We can follow the crowd or we can follow Christ. You can write that down. We can follow the crowd or follow Christ. And I'm going to tell you this. If you don't think that, uh, well, you're kind of on the fence, guess what? You're with the crowd. You're with the crowd. You do not drift on course, you drift off course. And you have to make an active, assertive effort to follow Christ. Everything you want to do in life, everything you want to do in life requires choice and it challenges if you want to see the impact. If you want to work out, you got to have a plan, you got to stick to the plan. If you want to save money, I've been saying this all year, you got to stick to the plan. If you want to get a beautiful girl and she's not really king that she wants to hang out with you, you just keep working on her and keep praying. Got that one down. Right? Which would go back to a lot of praying on top of that too, right? So look at that. So often we don't realize, well, I'm not really going with the crowd. I'm just doing my own thing. Let, let, me, let, me, let me bring this down here. When we finish today, as we go through here, each and every one that's listening and everyone's talking is going to have a choice. And it may be a challenge for some people, but it's really a choice. Are you going to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, or are you going to reject him? You say, well, I just want some more information. I'll just say, okay, look, look. Waiting is rejecting, right? Not everybody gets 99 years like Billy, okay? Right? You don't know. When I tell you these things, I never, ever, ever tell you things like this to scare you. I tell these things to prepare you. Because guess what? As I was studying last night, and I'm reminded often, as a teacher, I'm going to be judged even stricter when I stand before the Lord. How about that? 
I would hate to get there, and I don't know exactly how it's going to be. Now, our sin's forgiven, but still, what did you do with the gospel message, right? And said, well, buddy, you, you sat up there Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and never told them how to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Not going to happen on my watch. There's probably a lot of things I miss, but I want to tell you what. I want you guys to know what it takes to have a relationship with the Lord. Okay? So look at that. We can follow the crown or we can follow Christ. So, have you chosen to follow Christ? See, we can, we can look at the masses and everything, but, but we've got to make it personal. We've got to make it personal. Have you chosen Christ? What do you mean by that? Well, I'll just start it right now. What I mean is this. Do you realize what the Bible says? That all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That means we all missed the mark. That means we all deserve. Y'all ready for this? Nobody wants to talk about this. It doesn't pack a lot of stadiums nowadays. It did then because he's speaking the truth, right? But if you reject Jesus Christ, the only way to heaven, there's only one other place for you when you leave this place. It's hell for eternity. For eternity. There's no reason you got to go. And I want to I want to clarify this. God's not sending anybody there. You chose it when you rejected the only way out. Amen. You know, that's what I'm talking about. So it should be an uplifting message today. I need Jesus. How about you? Have you made that decision? I hope if you have not, I pray God that they make it today. I pray when they watch us that they make that decision. You say, what must I do to be saved? The, the Bible says that we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. Now, I know I roll right through that. I'm going to break it down. When we realize that our sin separates us from an awesome and holy God, and there's only one way to have that purged from us, it was Jesus Christ pouring out his blood, paying the sin debt in full. He was our, he was our perfect sacrifice. It's the great exchange. He laid down his life so we could pick up his righteousness. We do that by faith. And on the, he poured his blood out. He died on the cross. And the third day he rose. We serve a live, risen Savior. Angela said it many times. It should be, everybody else is praying to a dead God. We have a God that is risen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap, man. That's awesome. We have a Savior that is risen. That's a, it's not, not somebody in a box. He's on the right-hand side of God interceding for us. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I get excited about. Have you chosen to follow Christ? Yes. Have I missed the mark? Yes. Are you forgiven? Yes. Do you believe that God's sacrifice was enough? Yes. He's not coming back next time to die on the cross again. He's coming back next time to bring us all home. Be ready. Keep the light on. Amen. Keep the light on. So let's keep on rolling here. Everybody doing good so far? And I want to tell you this too. This choice that we talked about here is the most biggest choice you'll ever make in your life. Oh, you mean not about marrying somebody? What college to go to? You know, the, you know uh, what job to take? The decision you make about Christ, and I'm going to call it today, impacts eternity. Now that's big. You know what? I thought it was big when I bought my first home. There was a lot of paperwork, everything. That's 30 years. I'm talking about eternity. That's why I preach like I do, because I want to make sure you get it. It's the biggest decision in your life. So what influences you? I Hopefully it influences you about the whole eternal state. Amen? I'm going to pick up some speed here. So what about some challenges here? 
When we face these challenges in our life, here are four anchors to set in your life, right? And I'm going to roll through these. I'm going to call them the four P's. Y'all ready? And this, you'll see this in folks that have accomplished things. You'll see this in the life of Jesus. You'll see this in the disciples. But I'm going to roll through it right now, all right? You guys ready? Take some notes. Be guided with continual prayer. If you want to do great things for God, you need to be spending time with God and hearing from God. And when we're talking about prayer, I'm not talking about giving God your grocery list. Hey, listen. Speaking to me. Listen. Listen, listen. Everybody good with that? Pray about everything and be guided by God's wisdom. Y'all ready for the next one? Live with a compelling purpose. Do you know your purpose? A lot of times people say, I don't know, you know, I don't know my purpose. I can help you with it real fast. Your purpose is to display God to the world. Your purpose is to share Jesus Christ with those in your life and in your family. Amen. Now, you can grow from that, but I'm going to tell you what, we're all called for that, to that. Amen. It's not just a preacher. It's just not somebody singing and doing the keyboard and, and bumping and thumping on the drums. It's each and every one of us. And I don't care if you're this age or you're older or whatever, but I'm going to tell you what, we need to be about God's business. How about this? Lead with a clear perspective. You know, you see great leaders, they don't, they, don't, they don't lead by fear. There's a lot of leaders that do lead by fear. I said great leaders. Amen? You look at that. They turn around and they have a clear perspective on what's going on. They don't let fear cloud their view of the future. When I first started preaching, man, that was like drinking off the fire hose. I'm going to tell you. Do you know what? When I went back through my notes last night, I found the first sermon I preached as KTP. I looked at that and I go, wow, God, I'm glad you touched that. Amen. Because we grow. We should grow. You know what it was on? You ready for this? I started laughing. Transformation. Ain't it something? He's still transforming my life. How about yours? Transformation. I started laughing. I thought, boy, Lord, you're right on time. I need a transforming. How about y'all? I still need transforming. How about y'all? I'm continuing to work into that. Now, look, when I say work, I am not talking about working out our salvation. It's by grace through faith you're saved. But I'm going to tell you what. We don't get the full picture. You know, when we're looking at stuff. I pray that each time we come in here, God reveals something new and deeper about who he is and what he wants to do in your life. Here's something else. How about that? Be courageous and persistent. You better stick to the stuff if you want to win. Amen? Stick to the stuff. You can't go half foot, put your right foot in. Oh, I'm wrong foot. Right foot in, right foot out, left foot in, left foot out. You got to get with it. You got to be bold. You got to be committed to the cause. Are you committed to the cause? What is it? Are you committed? I say, Lord, you know what? I'm going to tell you what. I remember driving down that street, that way, Tuesday night to a Bible study, and the Lord called me to preach. And I said, Lord, I don't know nothing. Or are you supposed to say anything? I didn't know either one. And I was crying. I was driving. I was in that little 91 sunbird. I remember just like today. And the Lord spoke to my heart. And he, what he, did, he, he wanted me to look through the people that he used in the Bible. And immediately it was just flashing in my head. Moses, you know, David, Paul, Saul, all these people. And the time I got to the end of the road, I said, 
I'm as messed up as they are. Use me. I'm your man. Because I got some bad fingerprints, man. How about you guys? But you know what? God has worked in fingerprints for the good over my life. I see my friends and some of my old rock and roll buddies that come in and go, I remember you. Man, you could jump off that pool table. <laughs> Can't now, brother. But I could stand right here and preach the word of God. And that's what God does. He takes you right where you are. And he uses you in a mighty way. All you got to do is be willing. See, I'm going to tell you what. If God gave me any more of the picture when I was going along, how about you guys? I would have been overwhelmed. I'd been in the fetal position going, Mama! I had no idea we'd be all over the place preaching all over the world, different things like that. And anything that's good, I'm going to tell you this. Ready, Kurt? Anything good that's going on in my life is because of what Jesus Christ has done in my life. I'm going to tell you that real quick, and I mean that. I mean that because I can booger it up with the best. How about you guys? Yeah. But I want you to see, be courageous and persistent. People tell me a lot of times, oh, what, where'd you go to school and how big's your church and all this? And I say this a lot of times. And God said, don't worry about the education. I'll give you revelation. You seek me and you spend time with me and I'll transform your life. That's what he's doing now. And that's what I pray that he's doing in your life. That's what I pray every Sunday as we get together and Tuesday when we get together. But guess what? There's still five more days we need Jesus. Amen? So don't turn around and just search Bibles. Don't get the dust on there. Dust it off, man. Spend time. Read the Word of God. Spend time in the Word of God. Anybody having fun yet? Amen. All right. Because I get excited about that. We haven't gone like that? Good. The girls are like, this is cool. Yeah. Because, you know, a church should not be boring. We got the best message in the world, man. I'm telling you. If you can't get excited about Jesus, man, I don't know what to do. You know, okay, well, I've read the Bible. Let's the Bible's exciting. They got love stories, Right? They got crazy stuff. They got guys running. They got javelin throwing. They got heads rolling off. They got different things like that, man. You go, whoa, because it's about life. And that's what I pray that you see today. Be courageous. Look at this here. 1 Corinthians one twenty-five. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. Somebody say amen there. Goodness. And the weakness of God is stronger than a human strength. See, when I'm looking at stuff and I don't understand all that stuff, I like to go back to that. I said, Lord, you know what? I need your wisdom. I'll take him over anything. How about you guys? I'm going to go with God on the situation. Oh, well, what about this? What I don't know. But I know who wins in the end. And I know that God's carrying us each and every day through what we're walking through. So there's always different things in our life. Look at this here. When you're faced with a challenge, I pray that you, you write these down and use these things right here as the vantage point, as the launching point in your life. Now, a lot of times we're sitting here, and we say, well, when I get older, I'll probably need to do that. No, you need to do it now. If you're on a cheerleading squad and they don't like you and everything else, you might need to do that, right? I'm just throwing that out there. If you're on a baseball team, you get passed over all the time, you can apply that. If you're on your job and, and, and things are, are not going the way you think they should, you can apply that. If you've got a relationship and, and, and things are not going good with your wife or husband or whatever, you can apply that. If you're older and you don't know what you're going to do about this and other thing, you can apply that. Aren't you glad? That God's word fits all. Amen. God's word fits all. The problem is all ain't open in the book. So we're going to be the ones that do. A couple other things I wanted you to see here. I said, you know, I'm just trying to prepare us for the hard seasons. But I also want us to be striving in the good season. Right? 
We just don't come to Christ for fire insurance. My life is out of control. I need Jesus. That's okay. But when your life is back in rhythm, don't forget about Jesus. Amen? I'll be quick to tell people about that. Man, what's going on in your life? Man, God's been working this. God's been working this. God's been working that. How about that? Does that mean everything is going perfect in my life? Absolutely not. But I'm going to tell you what. It's the way I choose to go and respond to the challenge. But I tell you what. As you, now, this, I believe this should, should really be helpful. As we walk with the Lord, we should have an arsenal to pull out of the things that he's brought us through to encourage us. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a testimony. And what happens is a lot of times people say, well, you know, uh, I, I, I never robbed 37 banks and, and, and stole a boat, so I guess my testimony is no good. Well, I'll tell you this. You don't have to go to hell to get to heaven. You know? Isn't it good? Wouldn't it be good to say, I, wrote, I grew up in a Christian home. I heard the word very early on, and I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And you know what? I'm walking this out, and, you know, I just love people, and this is what's going on. Hey, that's okay, too. I was taking some Bible classes years ago. I might have shared this with you. One of my buddies, he was, he was a cool guy. I mean, he had the cool hair. You know the cool hair? <laughs> Sticks up like that. And he had, he had the tattoos on. He had all this cool stuff. And when he would play guitar, it was like, dum, 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 dum. I mean, he rocking it, man. He was playing Christian rock and everything. And he was playing it loud. I mean, when you go to that concert, you feel the hair on your arm moving. And he's like, yeah, Jesus. I mean, he's throwing it down, right? I was like, this is awesome. So we were in a class together. And they were talking about testimonies. And I told my testimony. And uh, it, it kind of passed over my buddy. I was like, man, he's blowing everybody away in class. This guy knows the Lord, man. Amazed me one time. We were somewhere. We were hanging out. And the guy said, hey, look, we're going to go on a break in a little bit. I need you to do the devotion. I was like, he ain't talking to me, is he? You know, at that time, I was thinking, my buddy said, I got it. And he went up there, and this place was full, and he started talking about the Lord and, and stuff that the Lord was showing him. I was going, that's amazing, dude. But that night, we got in the car to go, and I usually give him the thumbs up. And he was sitting there like this. He didn't look up. He didn't look over. And I'm like, what's going on? Put it in reverse. And I just put it back in park. And I went up to the door and I said, he didn't even want to look up. I said, open the door. Click. I said, bro, what's up? Class went good tonight. He said, everybody had a testimony, didn't they? I said, yeah. I'm surprised you didn't say nothing. He said, I don't have no testimony. I said, what are you talking about? You all preach everybody we in class with. I mean, I've been with you out and about. And you just jump up there, man, and it's just like, you're gifted. He said, yeah, man, but he said, you know, you know, you know when you got saved and you're like 30 years old and you were outside and this guy had this. And he said, man, I remember when I was like 14 or 15, and it's, it's very real to me. I know I'm saved. He said, but I really don't have any backstory." And I looked at my buddy. I said, dude, you don't have to go through hell to get to heaven. I'm so thankful for you because you bring a whole different perspective of this. Dude, you got a story. You got a testimony. How God saved you early on and you didn't have to walk through all that. You weren't foolish like many of us were. 
you got a story. I said, it's okay, dude. And he's like, you know, tough guy. I've never looked at it like that. Don't let your story, no matter how crazy it is, how weak it may appear, to deter you from sharing your story, amen? amen? Let me tell you what, man. God forged a relationship with me and my buddy like that. I never seen him put his head down again. It sparked something in him. It was amazing. So he went from playing guitar, and when they get ready to do something, boom, he's out front, and he's preaching all the time, and he's throwing this down. I'm going, man, this is awesome. That's my buddy. That's my friend. And he told me, he said, thanks for taking time. Now, I'm going to tell you what. God's going to get the credit for that right there. Let me tell you. I just knew something, what's going on here? Something's out of kilter. Something's out of kilter. What's going on? But see, what I saw, I saw the outside. I saw all, yeah, man, it's good. I didn't see his challenge. He knew his challenge, and it was a pretty big challenge for him. God got him through it. God brought him to the other side. He said, well, gosh, I wish I had a small challenge like that. Let me tell you, I don't care how big your challenge is. It's not bigger than my God. How about yours? That's what I'm talking about today. I want you to see the size of your God. I got to pick it up here. The buffet's probably almost done, isn't it? (laughs) All right. Let's move it. All right. Take a look at this. So we got challenges, right? But what about this? This is where I want to get to. The impact. How are all these things working together? Look at this, man. We're building momentum in these things. We talked about the influence, the choices, the challenge. Now it gets to the great impact. The impact that you have on life and the impact that people have on your life, all right? So look at this. Something the Lord gave me the other day. I said, for you to leave a fingerprint for God, you need to be in the hand of God and be molded by him. That's what something God was showing. If you want to reflect me, you got to spend time with me. If you want to talk like me, you got to know me, the Lord. If you want to respond like the Lord, you need to be reading his word. You need to be looking at that. You need to be praying, just like we showed over here, those other things. Man, be in continual prayer. Have a compelling purpose. Hey, have a clear clear perspective and be persistent. Amen. So we started looking at this and I said, man, what is the power of influence that God is working in your life? As we look through the things today, we see how God transformed a man named Saul. Hit his life so hard to change his name to Paul. Amen. And God used that man in a mighty way. And he didn't have it real easy. Amen. I don't know. There's probably, maybe there is. I don't know. But out of the folks I studied in the Bible, I don't know anybody that got whipped and beat and shipwrecked and snake bit and all that stuff as much as this cat. And the last letter is... Hold fast to what you know, baby. Can you see that? Can you imagine getting that last last letter? Almost did the phone call. That last letter. I thought about this last night. How many people got a will? We probably need to write one. Anyway. What would be, I'm not just talking about what you left people, but what would you say to them? Now, you don't know when you're leaving. I don't know when I'm leaving. I thought about this. I'm going to challenge each of us this week. You don't have to bring it back. It's not going to be graded. Anything else? Okay. Take time this week and write a letter to your family or your loved ones. If you want to tear it up after that, that's fine. 
If you want to put it away somewhere, that's fine. If you want to date it, that's fine. But I'm going to tell you, take a minute. What would it be? What would you say? I thought about that. What would I say? Be sure you know I love you. He pops it in and always do it right. But I kept pressing in. I only want the best for you. I love you. Take care of your mama. You know what I mean? How about that? Why wait? Why wait? See, a lot of times you don't even get that chance. You know, write it down. Put it somewhere. Y'all going to have a time going through my old books, boy. I've been writing journals and stuff for a long time. Look through there. Look through there. Telling them now, remind them. Look through there. Many of y'all know, when my dad passed, I got to talk to him and everything, and that was okay. And a month later, I was in the garage looking for stuff. And I said, man, dad, I was just like this. I said, man, dad, what did you do with that? I was just out there messing around, looking through the toolbox, and I heard the voice of the Lord speak to me. Look in the book. And I stopped just like I did there. And I had forgot that my dad told me, if anything ever happens to me, look in this book. I was like, where's the book? Now, anybody knows most guys' garage, like my dad's, that was miraculous to find the book. It was right by the tobacco and the, and the coal lamp and all the stuff he would never throw away, the three-legged table, you know. And I looked right at the book, and I was like, okay. And I opened the book, and it said, buddy, look inside. Wow. And I cried like a baby. It was good stuff, good tears. When my dad died, I didn't cry. It wasn't that it didn't hurt me. I, my, I was just like, we're not suffering anymore. I got to take care of my mom. I got to make sure it's right. I got to do this. I got to preach his funeral. I got to make sure everything's cool. See, I went into, I got to fix it mode. I never had any time to just go, whoa, what just happened? And in that book, he wrote, from when he was a little boy all the way to Jesse was born, his youngest grandchild. And he wrote how many times he went across the United States in the military, and when he was in Korea, and when he was in Vietnam, and how he met my mom, and all those things. And I will tell you, they couldn't print enough money to buy that book for me. How about you? So I'm going to tell you right now, that's impact. It's probably only about five pages. Some things were misspelled. It's crossed out. That's my dad. I like it. I wasn't trying to correct it. It's beside my bed. I got books all, I got like a major library in my, on the side of my bed. But I'm going to tell you one thing you will always find within reaching distance of where I sleep is that book. And beside that book is God's book. Now, I don't exalt that to, to the Bible, but I'm thankful because my dad knew the Lord. And through that, he took time to let me know how to live my life. Now, I'm going to tell you what. He said, my dad and me didn't have a good relationship. My mom and me didn't have a good relationship. Listen close, please. Your heavenly father has left you a book. 
All right? The Heavenly Father has left you a book, and it will impact your life. So look at this. How is your life being lived out to impact the kingdom of God? Man, look at this scripture here. I'm going to bring it home. Psalm 90, verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. I say this a lot of times with kids. I'm always, try, I'm always trying to prepare them. Always trying to prepare them. I'm trying to pre- prepare you guys. I'm trying to prepare my own heart because we don't know what tomorrow's coming. And, and, and you know, Jesse Thomas teased all the time. He's like, man, Dad, you're always talking about dying. I ain't talking about dying. I'm talking about graduating. Because when I leave here, man, you, all y'all going to have is like some, a, a mullet and two metal knees. That's it, man. That's it. But I want you to say, I don't want you to say, oh, man. I want you to say, man, my dad, man, he loved preaching. He was talking about Jesus all the time, man. He was funny. He would mispronounce things and everything else. And half the time his guitar was out of tune, blah, blah. I don't care. I want you to know, man, my dad loved me. My dad loved the Lord. He sure didn't do everything right. But he went down swinging. How about you? What legacy are you leaving, man? Teach us to number our days. When I say that, don't worry about dying. Take more time living. Focus on living. And that's what I'm telling you about today. Focus on living. We don't know. We don't know. How many, how many people bet? Well, 9-11, people say, well, we'll just have frozen pizza tonight, baby. And it never came back. So you don't know. But I'll tell you one thing you can know. You can know where you're going when you leave this place. Amen. You can know where you're going when you leave this place. That's why I preach like I do. That's why I'm excited about it like I am. Everything else, I'm never minimizing what you guys are going through. But I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to maximize the grace of God. So I'm going to bring it home with this, guys. Let's go back to the fingerprint slide. This is what, let me read this to you here. So what does a, a, a great Christian leader write in his final letters? Paul writing to Timothy. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. A worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Wow. Would you leave that for your kids? Would you leave that for the people that, would you leave that for your organization? Would I leave that for Keep the Promise Ministries? That's a good one. That's a good one. And I'd also add to this. Cling to the sound teaching of Christ. Grow in your faith and love and leave fingerprints on Christ to everybody you encounter. Leave fingerprints of Christ on those that you meet. I don't care who they are, where they are, what you got going. But I pray today through the message that you guys realize just how amazing God's grip is and the fingerprints that he wants to leave in your life are big and they're huge. The question is, how will we do this? I'm going I'm to read this one more time going back to the top. Tell you what, you got your handouts with you? Can we read that together? If you got your handout, all right. 2 Timothy 1, 13. Can you jump that back, Tim, so we have it up on the board? I appreciate it. Everybody get ready. I hope you guys were encouraged today in the Word. 2 Timothy 1.13. I want to encourage you guys to read that book today, this week, okay? Let's read it together, all right? Here we go. That's not the one. 
<laughs> I was like, that doesn't look like mine. I'm sorry, brother. I thought you could just push a button. That's okay. Yeah, the first slide. But that's all right. We'll read off here. He'll get it. I'll tell you what. I want to take this time to thank all the people behind the scenes because, you know, it's a lot behind the scenes to, to get stuff rolling. And I am very grateful and gracious on all that. All right. Oh, let's take a look at this here. We're going to read it off this thing. That's all right, Tim. We'll read it on there. Boom. There he is. Praise the Lord. I almost say one, two, three, and we'll start. One, two, three. Hold on to the pattern of sound teaching heard from me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. That's the message today. Hold on to sound teaching. Be about God's business. Man, look at this. I want to go back to that one thing I challenged you guys this week. Who will be bold enough to write that letter this week. Amen. Amen. Hands everywhere. Lord, not only that, who will be bold enough to live out that letter this week? Let us pray. Father God, I thank you so much for all you do, Lord. And I thank you for knowing that your fingerprints are on your children, even when we don't see them, even when we run, even when we hide, even when we blow it. But Lord, you're a God of compassion. And Father, I thank you so much, Lord. I pray that, Lord, that you know what, that we number our days and that we, we continue to, to look into the Word of God. And if there's anybody listening today online or anybody sitting here today, I want you to listen really close because, you know, just like I said, there's no riding the fence with Jesus. You're either with Him or you're not. So today, I don't know what your background is, don't know what you're dealing with, but I want to point you to my Jesus. I mentioned it earlier, just in case people were flipping through the message about what it takes to be saved, but I'm going to bring it home again and we're going to make it real today. You say saved, buddy, what does that mean? That means secure in Christ. That means that our sin debt has been canceled out by putting our faith in the Lord Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection on the cross and asking God to forgive us of our sin. And you can do it right here, right now. I don't care if you're listening six months from now or you're listening today or if you're sitting here right now. You say, man, I wasn't even going to come to church. I'm just hanging out. Hey, you don't even know what I got, I got going on in my life. But it sure seemed like you did. Well, you know what? That wasn't me. That was God. So I'm going to tell you what, friends. I know life gets tough. But I'm going to tell you what. You can rest in knowing that your eternity is secure in Christ Jesus. What I do, buddy? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you realize that Jesus Christ paid your sin debt in full? Ask the Lord, Lord, forgive me of my sin. You can pray it right where you are right now. Lord, come into my life and forgive me of my sin. Lord, today, I believe you're the Son of God that takes away the sin of the world. Father, forgive me. I receive you as Lord today. Lord, help me to walk this out. And thank you, Lord, for loving me so much that you laid down your life so that I could have eternal life with you. In Jesus' name, amen. And everybody give the Lord a hand clap.
Amen. We're going to get ready to sign out for our online friends. I, I just want to say today, thank you for letting us come into your home or maybe it's on your mobile device or wherever you're at. Uh, know that God has a perfect time and for you to hear this. And I pray that today that you felt the fingerprints of God uh, in your life. Choose Jesus. He's a lifesaver. Amen. Bye-bye.